Whatever a spider can flings his web from building something. Da 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 da. da. Here comes Spider-Man. Is that a real? That is supposed to be real. Well, I remember the Simpsons parody of it, kind of. Does it ever a Spider-Man does? Spider-Pig. Uh, Which I—that's spider what I pig. thought. Like in this movie, no spoilers, I guess yet. But uh, I thought. It, they were referencing that I in this movie, but they weren't. They it, weren't. It's like a real. Is it really? I think so. Well, that's the thing. Well, we'll get to it. Oh, okay. Well, that's my singing for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not that many musical. Right. <laughs> Spider-Man. I, I feel bad uh, if there's somebody I offended out there, like uh, a diehard fan. A oh, Spider-Man? Well, you know, well, yeah, you know, the comic fans are loyal fans. I know, and... but I don't think they blame anyone that doesn't. Yeah, and they probably don't listen. Yeah. To our <laughs> so we're back Ooh. with another nerd movie. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Was Pokemon the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, a nerd movie? Yes, obviously. <laughs> but it's old. This is, is new. This it, is brand this new. Is brand, this is hot off the press. Right. Yeah, we know. haven't done a new movie in a while because we don't go that often. And we want to see true. Mary Poppins, but like it was. We just covered that in our 2018 review. Yes. Yeah. Well, this piece of movie action definitely <laughs> deserves its own episode. Yes. We are ecstatic and excited yes. and thrilled to discuss this. We we watched it last night. Yes. And so it's fairly fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully Cameron remembers everything. We'll see, because he didn't end up doing the research this time. <gasps> he wasn't able. Gag of the season. Hopefully, he's able to do it in the future, like Hopefully. he did for Pokemon. I did get busy this week with production work. Sorry. It was funny. I was telling my classmate while we were on production set, I guess, like, my girlfriend was mad at me because I didn't do research. And she was like, yeah, but, I mean, what's she doing? She's not in <laughs> school, is she? Wow. And I was like, no, she's not. That shit and then is she was hell. like, she's like, well, yeah, well then, she she could do it. I was drawing with my iPad. <laughs> I was just being busy. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, I knew that, and I wanted to say that she's she is busy with her creative endeavors and reading *Goblet of Fire*. I'm getting there. I'm trucking along. <laughs> I mean, that's a thick one. I feel like that's pretty much all I did this week. I'm impressed. You're really so. For the Harry Potter fans who are enjoying our coverage of that series, then be on the lookout sometime, hopefully in February, for Goblin uh, of Fire. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> hopefully. I've, I'm really enjoying it. It's my favorite. So we'll, we'll talk a lot more about that when the time comes. Well, the time is now for... Into the Spider-Verse. Beady bop. <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse is what we are covering no. today on Haiki Book Club. And this is our little intro sequence. What is Haiki Book Club? I, pff, girl, tell me. <laughs> 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 I, I was, I was, it's a podcast where 
uh, we talk about movies and TV shows. It's we a book, book club. club. Movies and TV shows. We do. <laughs> One of these days I'll get it. I don't know. Maybe uh, episode yeah. 100. So typically with some of the older movies, we've been bad about it, but we do spoiler free right now. Generally spoiler free, more review type stuff. And then after the musical break, we'll do spoilers. But we might move on to that kind of fast because this movie is really good and there's a lot to talk about. There is. Um, and I don't know that there's too much. Like, cause we don't have so much to say because a lot of what we would normally cover in the review part hasn't happened yet. Like it's still playing out. Kind of. You I, know mean, what I mean, there's, there's like a Rotten Tomato score. There's budget. There's all that. Sure. Yeah. Kind of. But we don't, we like, we haven't seen too much of it. I mean, we, we have a Grammy, I think, or not <laughs> got a uh, golden globe award to yes. hand out. But and, besides that, and also every other major award show so far has, it oh. has won like critics choice and, Producers Guild, that's the main ones I have. Um, and it has an Oscar nom. Probably the, I don't know, I, the Isle of Dogs nominated by Wes Anderson, but mm. it hasn't been winning over Spider-Verse, so I don't I don't know if in the Oscars it will. So we'll see. We'll see. But it's definitely gotten a lot of awards so far, and probably more coming. I mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen everybody, any, everything nominated in that category, but I... I think I, Ralph Breaks the Internet is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Probably Incredibles two also. Oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because Incredibles two is technically Pixar. Yeah, I know. Well, so that's what uh, I think was interesting about the Golden Globes is that it seems like normally it, the Pixar movie, whenever it is oh, in that it field, wins. it would uh, always but win. But it's a sequel. Sequels are another oh, another game. Yeah. I think if it had been like a Coco or like a Inside Inside Out Inside Out, I <laughs> yeah Inside Out, I feel like it might have won. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Verse is just really, really unique. And I'm very excited that I saw that. Like, I'm just, I'm I'm still shook. Yeah, and we don't want to spoil how it, in, in what ways yeah, it's unique That's yet. why I want to move on soon because it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. it's hard to talk about. Well, let's just go through the numbers then. Okay, okay. What? Uh, well, it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. 97. So regardless of what we say, it's probably a good bet that it's good. Yeah. Like review wise. I mean, we it's, <laughs> it's hard to find movies that are even a 90% yeah. these days. Kind so. of. Yeah. And, and it's just, wow. I was amazed yeah definitely i think both you and i agree that it certainly holds up to that score yeah it exceeded my expectations and showed me something i'd never seen before yeah same so it's like wow yeah i'm I'm very wowed i rarely walk out of the theater so impressed and this is also sort of a precedent in regards to a superhero movie for zeleny zeleny oh yeah that's true it's a it's a big deal. I went to see this because I hate superhero movies. Yes, I'm very vocal about it because With they're the boring H. as hell. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're boring, <laughs> and they I just I hate action. I've talked about it a lot of times mm-hmm. on here that action loses me. I get bored, and I'm not following who's the bad guy. You know, it's always just like it's the Inception argument. Like it's just bad guys with gun chasing. Well, so. That's right. And that's <laughs> that's funny. So that's why I steer clear. But also I'm like obsessed with animation. So I feel like this movie being a superhero and animation sort of canceled out for yeah. me to be neutral enough for me to want to see it. OK. You know, in the animation wise, it's very uh, innovative. So I feel like they balance each other. My hate for superhero movies, my love for animation. Well, how did you hear about Into the Spider-Verse? My friends 
They were obsessed with it. And so is that what motivated you, you think, to also Yeah, because it? they told me, like, oh, you, you, you should watch it. Like, you would like it as well. Like, because they know, they know me and they know I don't like superhero movies. So for them to tell me, like, no, you, you would like this one in particular, even though it's superhero. I, I trust that, I think, because they, they know my taste. Yeah, I was going to say also that we watched the trailer just this morning, but um, after we had already seen the movie. And I had never actually seen the trailer to yeah. this. I, I think the only, like, advertising exposure I got to it was on Instagram. I think there was an Instagram ad mm. that had stood out to me. I don't think I saw it. Mm. Um, it knows I don't like me. superhero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess. I don't know why it chose me, but <laughs> I got hit with the bug and that was the only exposure to the concept. Um, and even and going into it, I didn't really, I wasn't clear what the concept was exactly. Yeah. For me as well, like I didn't, I never saw the trailer. Mm -hmm. I just, I, my friends told me about it. Some of them back around Christmas, some a little later. Mm -hmm. And then the Golden Globes happened mm -hmm. and it won. And I was like, okay, that really solidifies that, what they've too. been saying. Also. Yeah, for me too. So, it, it was very word of mouth for me. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is interesting about this film is that um, it does seem like word of mouth is getting around about it um, slowly but surely. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I think with the Oscars, it'll have that continued if it does win, which it's likely to. It'll have that momentum yeah. even like it'll keep that momentum going that uh, it has right now. Yeah. And, and one of my friends, I was talking to them about it and uh, she said, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'm just going to wait for it to come out on like, you know, streaming service or whatever. And, you know, in my head, I was like, yeah, you can do that. But this in the theater, like it was a real it was theatrical amazing. experience. Like I want to go see it again and again. Yes. In the theater, because it's like. And, and now I'm thinking, because I was reading about it, and it said, like, it's really cool in 3D. And I was like... I didn't know 3D was an option. Yeah, me neither. Like, it looked like, I, it, looked like yeah. it could have been 3D, but I just didn't know it wasn't... We should it wasn't in 3D, the one we saw. Right. But, like... We could like, we could watch in 3D. Maybe we should. I'm I'm pretty down, honestly. And okay, yeah. It was just that good. Like it's just so much to see that I want to see it again. Like yeah. I wanted to see it again immediately, and that never happens because I, I, like I, sitting still through a movie, it's like a lot. Yeah. You know. So like it really for me is. to want to see it right away again, it's like a big deal. There's that, and just I I didn't want to like look away or think about yes. anything else or. I felt like I haven't had a movie quite like this, uh, maybe with the exception of either I, Tanya or her eighth grade that mm -hmm. like locked me in for the whole time and just kept me hooked. We definitely, I didn't even know it was on 3D, so we should definitely go do that. The sound. Yes. The sound design is so rich and so good. That too, it was, just, it was a very immersive experience that I felt was worthy of the big screen. And I, I just can't yeah. say like that I, about a lot of things. I immediately want it on DVD, but then also know on my TV, it's not going to be as grand and it's little. Like there's just so much to see on it. So I'm very still like very impressed and amazed by what we saw well i'm excited to jump into our uh full on Key book club review segment before we do i want to guess the budget do we have budget numbers yes. okay i'm zeleny mm. <laughs> <laughs> hi zeleny it's nice to meet you how are you 
Uh, we should just write the <laughs> intro and read it. I know. We need a time. script. That's how they would uh, do it when I worked at restaurants and we uh, had to answer the phone. They would have a... Uh, that's nice. At the, the, the steeping room, mm-hmm. they had a little printout of what you should say when you answer the phone. There you go. We should do that. (laughs) I'm Cameron. (laughs) Nobody cares. And now you're going to guess the budget. (laughs) Uh, I was going to guess the budget. I mean, I just want to throw out, I'm going to start at 50 million. (laughs) That's pretty close. And work my way around that. Yeah. It's Uh, a little higher. A little higher. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Damn. 65? Mm -mm, A lot higher than if you're (laughs) not that little higher. (laughs) Oh, 80 million? 90. That is not a little higher from 50. That's like almost double. (laughs) I know. I know. Sorry. I didn't know. I thought 65 was was like... It was still within the same 100. I don't know. That's what I thought. But it had the most animators than any other Sony animations feature ever by a lot. It had... uh, I have the number. 140? 140 animators? Yeah. Oh. I don't know, obviously, then how many animators normally work on a project. I don't know, but this was significantly like a lot. Oh, because in my head, I was thinking like 300 is a normal range, but I guess not. No, that's like for like, uh, what's it? Loving Vincent or something. Oh, okay. Okay. Where it was like paintings, rotoscope. That rotoscope is a different beast. Okay. This was not rotoscope. Okay. But this, it, 140 is a lot okay. for this kind of movie. CG, 3D animation. What would it normally more like in the range I don't be? know, honestly. Oh, okay. But it was the most they ever used in, wow. at Sony. You had said that this was a crowdfunding project. There's no well, way they crowdfunded ninety million. Yeah, though. no, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know where that came from. I didn't see that. That was part of like the word of mouth I got, but mm. then like, I never saw anything about it in the research, so mm. I'm guessing not. I don't want to spread misinformation. Yeah, it had a ton of animators. That was like the big feat. It also had a lot of like directors and producers. So it had. I, I was actually about <laughs> to note that just from the end credits that we saw. Had, yeah. had three directors. Yeah. Three directors and like at least five different producing companies, like produ- producers that were on board with their whole thing. Yeah. PGAs, I think they're called. So, and it, box office wise so far, it's made way more than budget. So it's Get true. out. Really? What do you mean? What do you mean, really? No, I mean like, but that's good. Once it I w- just, starts winning awards, it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, I just wasn't, I wasn't sure. I mean, it's an animated movie, which is... I mean, I don't. I, I feel like you can never really know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because this one was so new. I think it's it's hard to compare it because yeah. you can't compare it to Disney or Pixar because those are very established. But you can't compare it to like DreamWorks, which is like the trying to compete with Disney. And it's not really trying to compete with Disney, and that's not typical in animation. Mm-hmm. That's like animations don't get made that aren't Disney or Disney like. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Yeah. Anymore. Super fresh. Except for like l- the Lego movie. I don't know. Certified. <laughs> this is certified fresh. <laughs> yeah. Very fresh. The 90, Lego movie. That's a good point. 97% Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. It had 100 for a long time. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's like one hater out there. Haters. <laughs> well, okay. So then uh, let me guess. I guess. Uh, do you have a worldwide? Yeah. Worldwide. Uh, so far. <laughs> Whoa. It's probably like around 800 million. Oh no, girl, you're you're way high. Oh shit. <laughs> Not yet, hopefully. <laughs> uh four fifty? Uh a little lower. Well not a little. See, so <laughs> so that's still why I'm like 
You don't think this is a this no, is a lot? especially not it's, for an animated movie. It's like I mean, Boss Baby. I'm pretty sure it was like Boss 500 Baby. plus. Well, but it will get there. It would release like a month and a half ago. Yeah, a month and a few days. A month and a half. It it released mid December. Oh, okay. Uh, Spider Verse. I just remember the trailer saying Christmas. So I assume. Oh, I think yeah. I think it was just promo. It was okay. a week before, but so it was released a month and a half ago and didn't have too much like marketing that was like the standard marketing. I read a lot well, about that's why I was, yeah, different marketing. I didn't hear effort. about it. Yeah, I didn't hear about it like on other movies we were seeing. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like everything we watch, I've seen trailers inside other movies we've seen so their marketing was kind of different that's interesting yeah they did a lot of like product marketing like collabs with products i don't know and like kids meals yeah stuff like that mcdonald's mm-hmm. and a bunch of other random stuff though so but nothing that was like in my circle i guess hmm. or in my yeah no and in, in, in my what brand you would, i don't know yeah, yeah really your like channels your yeah your yeah streams for media but word of mouth i think the superhero nerds are the ones that go and see every superhero thing. And then since this was a different... They validate and good, it. Well, yeah, it's like you, you... From that, you can kind of determine, like, was it good for, like, anyone to see or was it just for, like, the superhero nerds? And this was not just for superhero buffs or comic book or anything. It was, like, really, really good. And it served that market probably... Oh, for sure. Probably, probably the best. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was... Because I, I'm definitely not a comic book reader by any means, and I'm not in that culture, but just immediately I could tell how this would be a comic book fan's, like, greatest dream come true well, yeah. regarding the animation, uh, which we'll get into let's, hopefully let's in this get next into segment. It. Okay, cool. See you on the other side. We really, we need to have, like, we're going to get a module machine okay. thing to cue that music you live can, You in can the fund it if you we, want. <laughs> we should. <laughs> so, the animation. Yes. I mean, that was a standout from, like, the first moment. I mean, from know? the opening credits. Yeah, it's completely different. It's CG and 3D animation. But it's a completely new style that we haven't seen that's not Disney or Pixar-like. It's, it's actually 3D animation, but then on top of it, they use 2D animation techniques. So it was like painted mm-hmm. like 2D animation on top of the 3D animation. Mm. That's what I was reading about. With the comic book textures, like the dots, lines, cross-hatching textures on things. That was so cool. So that was amazing. Yeah. That was something that like, I actually didn't touch on until maybe like 10 minutes or so in. I mean, I'd have to rewatch it. I don't know if it was in the like beginning scenes. It, yeah. It was. Yeah, I think okay. it was in all of it. It was pretty consistent, but it, it really brought a comic book to life. Yeah. It, like... Even better than Sin City, which I think was like the graphic novel movie that was trying to... I think it's kind of credited for being as close to like mm-hmm. a comic book in terms of a movie. Yeah, the, the way that they did the cross-hatching and made these animations look like they were from a comic book. Yeah, and everything. Drawing. It was also the movements. that I saw that they didn't use motion blur, which is a very standard technique you use when animating anything i even i even and that's to fill in frames um no it's like mm. does it so i'm thinking does it average out like 
gaps between drawings? No, that's interpolation and keyframes. Okay. That's just keyframes. Like motion blur is more just like when something's moving, it just blurs it a little while Uh it's moving. Oh, interesting. Until it's stationary and it's clear again. So it just like blurs it a little hmm. as it's moving. And it's it's used in every single animation. Hmm. Like I even had to use it when I animated it. Because I'm guessing animated. that the human eye sees motion blur. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, it mimics that and makes things feel more real and fluid. Mm-hmm. But because this is trying to emulate a comic book, which is like panels, it didn't use motion blur, hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Like you, It's something that you can't figure out while you're watching it. But like... Once I learned that, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It just feels different. Mm -hmm. It's more about that. And they didn't use either any like squash and stretch animation techniques, which Mm. is also like a basic standard animation principle. Principle, yeah, you have to use when you animate. Not have to, but. But it's it's sort of like the idea of that matter has to like kind of stay consistent. Yeah. And it just it. It just adds to like the realism and or beyond that. Yeah, it just adds more fluidity to mm-hmm. your movements, which animation, that's what it's all about, like fluidity and all that. But they did not use they that. They did not use that. So that makes sense because you can't you don't you can't put your finger on it. I mean, you can on the comic book type stylization, but you can't put your finger on it. Like the movements feel different, too. And it's not rotoscope, which has a very particular feel that you can tell right away. It's like that shaky a little bit. This one was completely different from rotoscope and regular animation. And now I'm realizing it's because of that. The motion blur, Mm -hmm. lack of motion blur and lack of squash and stretch sort of principles well so it was very uh i that was something that stood out so much to me in a very good way that was yeah. very refreshing for yeah, me in terms like of animation you forget all the restrictions that are there and right and in a way <laughs> it seemed like kind of like less was more in that sense because it seemed like less work on the animation end to try to add those extra i don't know honestly because the the hand painting of like the textures and all mm. that is that's what took 140 oh, animators. okay well maybe not i don't uh, who knows the effect of that style of and anim- so what i was noticing was that for the characters themselves they were in that kind of staccato type mm-hmm. of animation but it seemed like the background elements anything that was not a human type character was more fluid it seemed like in more of that 3d cgi type of animation and they left all the human movements to be what i i was just calling it in my head 8-bit animation because (laughs) a little bit it's it's that it's it's comic book yeah because it's like that's in comic books you don't have all these frames between the actions right you just have you know so i think it's trying to give you that feeling of comic book characters and and story i've been really interested right i've been really interested actually in frame rate with video editing and everything what well, it kind of was feeling like they chose a, a shorter frame i don't think so i think it's just the lack of motion blur i think that's what you're noticing really yeah because motion blur is what tricks you into thinking everything's super fluid hmm. it just seemed like yeah it just seemed like there were fewer frames of the body animation yeah, per it's, second it's the motion blur that's so interesting yeah i've used it and it's it's it changes it a lot it makes it feel like oh <laughs> it's a really great tool <laughs> huh well because we saw a trailer leading up to the movie that 
had a similar type of animation. I can't remember what the, the Lego movie. Uh, maybe it was the Lego movie. Is that stop motion? I feel um, like it is. Uh, yeah, it's not actual stop motion. Oh, okay. It's just the effect of it. But not all that CGI. Oh, definitely. So the Lego movie, uh, I guess, uses that effect. And the only other instance that I can remember it, uh, an animation using an effect like that was in Racket Ralph for the actual game characters yeah, of yeah. Uh, Ralph's game. But that, and I think that's where the 8-bit kind of terminology yeah, came in yeah. my head. I, I see it more as like comic book. And, and I think it does a good job of giving you the essence of comic book. Mm-hmm. Well, then, the, and then there's also the like the different colors and transparency, like opacity layers yeah. that they were like that created this kind of 3D look. Not not literal 3D, but you know that if you were looking at something that's supposed to be 3D but not with 3D glasses, it has those like yeah, red yeah, and yeah. blue. Scan I think it lines. was trying to play with focus, and oh. I think that was a, their way of like something out of focus would look like that kind of. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't look like blurry, but it would look like it's hard to explain. But it's yeah. like like 3D. Like it had a ghost of some kind. Yeah, I think that was their way of showing what was out of focus and what was in focus. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because I, I I only really saw that in anything that was in the background or foreground. Yeah, like that's not supposed to be. Yeah, the main action. It was just so innovative, and it's crazy because I usually I try to see all the Oscar animated shorts and. I've got to see some of the South by animated shorts and that's usually where I get to see a lot of experimental animation styles, but the experimental styles are always with 2d and Mm. I always get really excited to see any, anything, but the 3d stuff at those shorts and whatever, they look like Disney. They look very, very standard. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever, even in those animated shorts, seen like an experimental 3D work that looks anything like this. Or, you know, I, I would just expect to have seen more experimental 3D work, but this this movie showed me that I have not seen anything, <laughs> anything with 3D that's like innovative or anything. Because I've seen some really cool 2D. Mm-hmm. Crazy styles, but never 3D. Well, it really felt or like CGI. The whole right, the whole movie felt like the animators were really pulling from all traditions of animation and kind of combining them all very artistically and intentionally throughout yeah, the piece. So beautiful, and the abstract parts. And the thing was, it was experimental, but it it still made sense. It wasn't like some artsy hipster project. That was like, oh, beautiful colors, but like, what does it mean? It's like mm-hmm. super interpretive. It was just like a, a clear and cool story, really good story, mm-hmm. but done experimentally. Like that to me is like, you never see that. Like you don't see experimental with making sense. Right. A lot of the time. It, that's a very, very interesting point that you make. And I think that hopefully maybe this can usher in some new era I a, hope in so. a sense of like pushing the envelope a little more with considering the tools that we have for animation yeah. now on top of like this is what some I'm talking compelling about. story. Yeah. Like we're so used to the Disney format and it's like, <sighs> just let Disney be, be Disney and do their thing, but do your own thing, like figure something else out. Well, you know what's, this is a sort of a tangent, but in regards to music videos, I think the music video space mm. is that medium that we see a lot of that type of experimentation mm-hmm. when it comes to either 2d or 3d formats. But 
it gets kind of lost and it's either and it's also they like, focus on story or they focus on experimentation and they don't you know it's very rare to get a beautifully crafted uh piece with both of those in them yeah just like to see it in a feature film be this experimental this abstract like there's so many abstract like the glitching and like the the portal and even the story had like trippy elements. I was scared I was going to get lost mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't. It was, it was just like it, wor- it worked. Well, I definitely want to get like, we need to kind of pick that apart, like, and go what? into this. Well, I just want to go into okay. like the story of it and, and kind of the simplicity of it actually, in my opinion. Kind of. I mean, it's, I think it's like a very trippy story that like kind of makes no sense, but it makes <laughs> sense in the, in the movie. Yeah. You know, like, Alternate universes don't make sense in real life, really. Of like, course. And and colliders and following Brooklyn up. Or I don't know. It just like makes... Well, <laughs> well, we'll get there. I will. The last thing I want to... And we can definitely segue into that next. I just... You know, obviously the last bits uh, for the animation that I wanted to point out. Uh, it's an insanely colorful movie. Very, very colorful with amazing patterns and just, you know, it's, it's really a sight to behold. Um, even if just on the visual end, uh, like I feel like I could watch this movie without any sound and still be enamored. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why I wanted to watch it again. It was just so visually stimulating. It was like, it was trippy as hell. It was like, I just things I didn't think were possible, but I'm like, I knew they were possible, but like no one had ever done them. It's like, I was amazed. The last thing I want to mention is the uses of black and white in the movie. Because the film itself is so colorful. Well, and but it was mainly for one character. That was the style. What, black? Black and white. No, 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 right, the noir character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, in a more broad sense for the entire movie, and it's I'm connecting this back to something I recently learned in my cinematography class regarding the colors of black and white. Because basically those those are the those are the two extremes of the spectrum. Um and you kind of have all the colors in, in between. No way. <laughs> but um <laughs> and so what what the point of me like uh learning this is that a filmmaker can add so much more meaning to the colors of black and white if they choose to omit them except for in very specific instances in the film and i felt like this film was very intentional in the use of just black and just white because the only times that i can recall seeing black i mean there's obviously the film noir character the costume on what's his name the villain no, no, no. Well, I want to get to him. Okay. <laughs> but the costume on the our Brooklyn Spider-Man. Miles. Miles, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also in the plasm of the multiverse uh, ray gun, whatever it is, <laughs> reactor. There's black that's interestingly used in that because there's all these colors that are colliding in that uh, reactor. But... You if, you if you pay attention you can see when they get like the deepest that they can go into there it turns black it's like it takes it's like void of all color which is similar i think it's trying to convey like a black hole yeah the black but, hole and the then club right and but then there's also <laughs> <laughs> but then there's uh the the villain yeah. kingpin and the use of him well in, and space too 
with him. Yeah. And and the use of him and his whole suit being black, there's this really beautiful shot that stood out to me where we see the whole frame of the movie is in black except for Kingpin's head. And it's like clearly it's his suit, right? That's yeah. just covering it up, but it's just his head popping out. And it was just so great to me to like point out like villainy. You know, it's like he is the power yeah. and the boss. Well, I was using both color and space. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the color. It was like he took up so much space. It was yeah. ridiculous. Gosh, he's so <laughs> it was so exaggerated. Uh, was... Well, I want to see the original comic book, how he was drawn on yeah. there, because he may have been drawn that big. Yeah, know. you're right. I don't know. But yeah, he's creepy as hell. I can't remember the instances where they used kind of white, just specifically. Well, I feel like in the Collider, it was all white. Okay. When, before it was like on like oh, the okay. walls were all that's true white yeah but i don't know um so anyways I, I just felt like in this movie black specifically was used very intentionally uh and they included it because it meant so much that they only used it for very specific uses with meanings so that's that that's all i have to say i think about the animation and yeah i'd love to turn it over into the story okay um i'll give a summary don't interrupt because oh, you're drink you, my topo then <laughs> You like to get in the details in the weeds. You do a great job of. Like, I'm de- I'm trying to get really umbrella, and then you can comment on the specifics, but like not every specific, you know. Y'all, this is just like when we go out to eat or <laughs> <laughs> go see a movie or what we're trying to always laying down the parameters for me. Well, so in in this movie, we're following Miles Morales. He's a young kid in Brooklyn who has a loving mom and dad. Dad's a cop, mom's a nurse. And they're trying to take him to a new school that's like a fancy boarding school. And he doesn't want to go there because it's bougie and, you know, the kids are pretentious. It's kind of like a a story, which is interesting. It's a nice family dynamic to see that's also very, very now because it's showing kind of that minority person's or family struggle of like, trying to get your kid ahead when you can and trying to push them to like try to fit in in places where they don't feel like maybe they fit in all the way you know it's like it's that kind of like family trying to push you to be more successful even than they were you know it's it's a very minority mindset to try to get your kids ahead mm-hmm. whatever way you can and their way is to send them to this fancy boarding school but he has this uncle that is like the cool uncle and it, his dad and the uncle aren't very good friends because the uncle's kind of shady. We don't know why. And <laughs> so Miles likes to go visit visits the uncle and the uncle, Uncle Aaron, encourages his graffiti art because he's a really good graffiti artist. And he's, he's got a cool loft. Yeah. And Brooklyn, Brooklyn loft. So... Uh, Uncle Aaron takes him to a subway sort of underground place where he can practice. Oh, it's restricted. Yeah. He can practice his graffiti art. And that's where he gets bitten by a radioactive Spider-Man spider (laughs) that uh, starts making him feel horrible. And it's really scary, honestly, how and, and they depict it really well with the animation. It's scary how he's like. It almost feels like he's on drugs or something like, you know, (laughs) and he just doesn't know what's happening to him and he's did you really not see the the 
Tobey Maguire first Spider-Man. Oh movie. yeah, of course. It's they just, like did the exact same thing. Yeah, I know, but it with the animation, it looked way more intense. I agree. Well, like, and he was younger. Well, mm-hmm. he wasn't younger because Tobey Maguire was supposed to be really young in that. But they all looked like thirty. One of the <laughs> coolest animation parts was when he was bitten, where yeah. it like. It, it zooms into his yes, bloodstream. That was amazing. And it shows how quickly his cells are uh, transforming. And then it quickly zooms out into the real life. And then he's just like, oh, nothing. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you think it's going to be like this crazy, painful. Because it looks, the spider just looks crazy because it, it looks really scary and looks, looks like it would be painful to bite. But then it's not. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was going to be this big, like, ow, like, moment. Right. But it wasn't. I laughed no. out loud. Was, yeah. Uh, honestly. This movie was really funny as well. It was very in touch. Very without in- saying lit. Yeah, without or doing Fortnite dances. Yeah. That's what everyone's trying to do. Or the backpack kid. I don't even know what it is. Like the backpack dance, you know. Girl, you're a step ahead of me on um, that oh one. Oh my God. <laughs> How have you not heard? Of? It's in everything. They're trying to make it. Every brand is like trying to. Whatever. It was even in the good place. Remember? Oh, Ted Danson was like. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was called the backpack dance. Well, it's like a backpack kid or something did it. I don't I don't know really, but everyone's trying to do it. But no, this was like actually modern and it felt like I think it touched it, on like the human condition right now. Yeah, but it, it was funny. Yeah. It was it was it was comedic and in a way that wasn't try hard. It was just like it was in touch with right now and like kids almost you know, it was it, it was right. Yeah. Someone on there was like youthful or on Twitter or something because <laughs> <laughs> they know they know what's cool and what's not. Yeah. So he gets bitten and he's like having these spasms like the Tobey. So the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans are the only superhero movies I've seen. Oh. So like I, at least I felt. You had some frame of reference. Yeah. I felt like at least I know the context or background of some Spider-Man. I know people hate on that movie now i don't know i haven't rewatched it and i don't care about it so i don't care but i feel like people see that franchise as like really weird and well it is really weird okay yeah um, i don't know but that's the one i'm familiar with now now well, Andrew like, Garfield's the first two or, the, the first two were pretty good especially well, for the time when they had came out and so i think everybody was really excited yeah. about where this could go i I walked out wanting to be Spider-Man for sure. I loved, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, so we had, I had the Batman movies as a kid growing oh, up. Okay. And then Spider-Man came out when Batman was trying to also redefine itself and find where it was going. And of course, eventually it did. But yeah, so Spider-Man then, uh, yeah, so I, I loved Spider-Man. I, was, I remember walking out of the theater like, how did I not hear about Spider-Man as a kid? Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> for me, I was a kid when Spider- okay. uh, Tobey Maguire came out and... I was like in first grade, maybe second grade. Mm. I was obsessed. I was like, I want to be Spider-Man. I had like Spider-Man They toys. made him look cool. Yeah, they did. At but least... then the third movie was horrible. So. Oh, maybe that's why. And I think that's what like, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know why people hate it, hate on it now. But at least I felt like some comfort with at least Spider-Man. Like it wasn't like, like Batman. It's like we're living inside Fortnite. <laughs> like with stupid RVs like <laughs> zooming around. <laughs> happens when you live right next to a thoroughfare well anyway okay so he gets he becomes kind of has spider-man powers and he's trying to figure out why so he's trying to retrace his steps he's trying to go back to where he got bitten he stumbles upon the 
current Spider-Man in this universe because we have a very competent Spider-Man. And this. that shocked me, actually. I wasn't expecting it. Like, I thought, I, well, I didn't know what the concept of the film was. Yeah, so. I didn't either, but... What well, do you I mean? just didn't know that there would be... I thought it was just going to be the story of him becoming Spider-Man. Yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> I mean, when... That's what it looks like it's going to be. You don't expect Spider-Man to die. You don't. That's true. And then he does. Yeah. So... That that was kind of like the gag where you're like, Definitely. oh, wait, it's not the story I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more straightforward. That's what I'm saying with like the story making no sense, but making like complete sense mm-hmm. at the same time. Because it's like it goes kind of crazy. It does. So lots of misdirection. Yeah. So we see he stumbles upon the super collider that brings dimensions together makes black holes i don't whatever it does time and space continuum and i just love how like they don't have to explain right it, you know <laughs> which is i think what is the like whole point of the film like this is that they're yeah trying to be very That's conscious the of the things that don't make sense they're being self-aware and they're poking fun at themselves because mm-hmm. spider-man is known because of the toby Maguire, then andrew garfield then tom holland then marvel i don't know what they're doing now but they're it, spider-man is known as like having all these like branches of it mm-hmm. and people being like what like which one is what why is there like a bajillion spider-mans yeah but it poked fun at it and like made it a whole thing that was really good so yeah so anyway but there's always like the trope too where there's the mach- the big machine yeah, yeah, that yeah. is gonna they're, destroy they're making the entire fun of it because it's like the whole world's at stake and they even how they say the line sometimes it's like it's like funny yeah it's like basically spider-man's trying to deactivate this machine that kingpin is trying to trying to he's trying to bring back his family we find mm-hmm. out but i guess it's like a particle collider yeah and spider-man's trying to get the usb in it to break it to break it down and he he fails and kingpin comes up and kills him but he had found miles lurking around and told him like just wait here and, and i'll help you out and tell you how to be spider-man but then all of that confusion he was trying to also like deactivate this thing and it just went wrong and he ended up dying in this in this universe so miles is like oh shit like i don't have anyone in this world that can train me and i don't know what i'm doing but no one trains spider-man right so he could have figured he would have figured it out eventually but he had the usb from spider-man that was like you need to still deactivate these this thing because he's gonna come back and use it again and it's gonna swallow up all of brooklyn i don't know if the whole world but definitely brooklyn (laughs) so spider-man's dead but then he goes to his grave and it's like i'm sorry or feels bad because he couldn't help and well so remember he what you forgot was that he does are you getting in the weeds (laughs) no i'm filling in the gaps okay but no, he's he's training. He's trying to teach himself uh, how to do oh, his yeah. fighting moves, and he you know has that funny moment looking at the different sizes of the towers, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he tries to jump, but he misses the jump and he falls and breaks the USB that Spider-Man gave him. So yeah. there's like no hope to fix this particle collider. Yeah, thing right. At this point, also it, like, did you mention that this was a test run? What do you mean? Like the particle collider that killed this. Oh. Spider-Man. It was a test run for the actual... Oh, I didn't uh, realize that. I thought they could just fix it quick and redo it. No. I don't think that matters. This is okay. this is details. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like it was supposed to be a test for the actual one that they were going to be doing, which is the final. That's the finale, right? But anyway. And so the, what no, the whole point I, is that I he... I thought they were just... Well, like it failed this time, but let's reboot it. Uh, so he goes to the grave of Peter Parker and... 
is like sad about it and then the other peter b parker shows up who's like an older spider-man that is from an alternate universe where spider-man is a lot less competent and a lot more messy and like like this he's fat spider-man a little bit like fat elvis a little bit it's kind of this like the reluctant mentor sort of like hey mitch in hunger games you know the reluctant mentor that is trying to go back home so he has to help the kid and the kid is like yeah help me train me they start well they're trying to fix the usb so they go to his scientist kingpin's scientist lab alchemex alchemex they're trying to steal the information to make a new USB to disable the whole machine. And they there they find Octavia. Liv. Or, no, Oct, not Octavius. Octavius is her last name. Olivia Liv. Octavius, yeah. who is Doc Ock, yes. which was really cool yes. to have a female Doc Ock. I did not expect that. I mean, I kind of did when she said Octavius. I was like, wait. Yeah, she was like secretly Doc Ock, who we saw in the Tobey Maguire franchise. We right. did in the second movie, which <laughs> yeah. what I would vote as the best one of the Toby McGuire. Really? Yeah, I think oh. the Doc Ock one was the best one. I mean, I saw it. Anyway, what well, <laughs> my little two senses uh, on this is that we actually see her in the background video. Yeah, that I plays. remember. It's not. Remember it's that? not in the background. It it's is like, in the background. No, it's like right in front of your face. Well, it's in your front of your face, but it's not the quote unquote main action in the scene because what's actually I was, happening. I found it very noticeable. Okay, good. Well, that, I'm glad. Then that means <laughs> that means in some ways it worked with what they were trying to do with it because yeah, it was definitely not the main action of that scene. The main action was Spider-Man's interactions, or sorry, Miles' Miles's interactions with the girl that he's meeting there yeah, yeah. Uh, across the aisle. But that's in the foreground. But then in the background, yeah, that video that they're watching is playing, and yeah. she's in that video. They, I feel like they do a close up to it or something, but yeah and so anyway it's just what what's cool is like that is the whole kind of foreshadowing it's, yeah it's, it's, it's setting it, up the big picture things it was definitely foreshadowing. in a very background way i felt like yeah it was definitely foreshadowing uh-huh. that's a good example of foreshadowing yeah so they find her there and she finds like peter b parker and it's like oh you're glitching and and you're gonna disintegrate if you don't go back that's where you find out that key information of kind of the stakes for mm-hmm. all the Spider-Men's and women's. Uh, That's true. That they're going to die if they don't help Miles and... Their cells get, are decaying. Yeah. So they get the information and they steal the computer because they can't get the password or whatever. And Spider-Man's kind of teaching Miles how to swing and all that. Stealing good news the computer. is we don't need the monitor. <laughs> right. <laughs> they just had so many good comedic moments. It was like unexpected and, and clever it was clever very and there's where we find uh gwen stacy spider spider gwen yeah and uh, she runs into them and is like and saves them kind of from doc ock chasing them in that moment there's a lot of chasing in this movie but it was like bright and colorful enough to keep me interested <laughs> so they meet gwen stacy and it's like okay there's another spider man spider woman a spider woman it's the girl from the class, but that's not that big a deal. He, she was just kind of... It's just his, his love interest. Yeah, kind of, but he en- she ended up not being a love interest, yeah. actually. They right. took that away because... I think they just kind of like toyed with it on a very surface level. Yeah, but they left it, it up- as friends. Well, yeah, and um, I think that that... I just want to like definitely point out that that's a good thing if we can find a 
Hollywood movie that it does not depend on some kind of romantic subplot. Yeah, and like with kids, especially like even kids, they yeah. have to have some romantic storyline. It's like they're kids, and, like and, and just like the, th- the whole Spider-Man thing, like that's right so central to every Spider-Man movie that's come out before this. That's like you know a, what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's really nice. It's very um, refreshing. It's really cool to see a Spider Gwen woman. I was very happy and it was so cool she was like super graceful and like her outfit was really cool i was just like really shook by that and then yeah me too i was surprised yeah yeah and it's like one of those things where it's like you never think about it until you see it and then you're like well how how did this take so long like yeah (laughs) and and then they they go to aunt may's house and may ends up being a badass she's played by lily tomlin it's just really funny to see her see being like everyone. being really cool about it. And then uh, she's like, here are all the spider people that are here right now. And we meet all our characters that are really cool. And oh, yeah. So wait, what was it that like those other Spider-Men had already come to Aunt May and yeah. she was giving them shelter? Yeah. Because that was something that was unclear for me. It's just like all of a sudden she's like. Oh, you you've got more friends. Well, no, like, she was like, "You think you're the only people ones that thought to come here because uh, okay. it like her house is like right. I guess known or you know what I mean? It's, it's in it, that lore of the Spider-Man yeah, being. They like, know they know Aunt May is the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> source, right? Yeah. It's like <laughs> Oh my god. All roads lead back to mom, quote unquote. Yeah. They they had known to go there. And it it's like his headquarters. It ends up being like this underground, the, fancy the spider cave. Spider cave. Yeah. So we have film. No, not film noir. Spider Man noir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like black and white, played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that was just so unexpected. Like. Yeah, he was definitely not in the big cast interview we saw yeah. earlier. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, but he. he they was couldn't funny. afford him. Yeah, he was funny, and then we have. Um, we have Penny Parker, who's like anime girl, mm. and I love I love her so much. You I, do? Yeah, she was so cool, and she was from the year three thousand whatever. And she had a pet spider. Yeah, and it was like a robot, and she was like good at coding and eating cereal, and it was just so cute. I loved her so much, and we have Spider Ham. Need a second to was that uh, you? No, it's me. I think so. I don't me. think so. I'm not touching it. Okay. I think it's you moving that stuff. <laughs> so we have spider ham who i th- i thought at first was i thought at first it was a reference to the simpsons spider pig song but it wasn't i don't think it's an actual comic i don't know they like tried to do a spider-man pig yeah i mean that's the thing like spider-man comics are like and all comics i think are so everywhere mm-hmm. like there's like a bajillion versions of everything it's not necessarily like it's like this every spider-man shown here is has like a big comic book franchise surrounding it you know mm. it's like it might have been this instance this is you know, it's weird i don't i don't know how the comic book universes are crazy and that's why i think this movie was trying to poke fun at yeah and sort of have fun with but they chose these very they, i think in the interview i was watching they said they were trying to choose very like diverse like the weirdest which makes sense like the weirdest spider people oh, that's why he he says it just can't get any weirder than this and right he's like, it can get weirder yeah and and yeah it's just so funny they're all so different and they use animation to show their different styles like the spider ham having cartoony 
mm-hmm. cartoony props and stuff. And, you know, everyone had their own little styles. Ugh, it was so cute. I loved it. I loved the whole, like, camaraderie and we're all spider people and, and all that. And we have, like, Stan Lee's cameo, which was before this, but uh, he had a, a big a big cameo. Was it actually his voice? I'm not sure, but it was definitely... He, he passed away in November 2018, right? I think. Yeah, so it would have so made sense. So I think... I think it would have i think it, it was hmm. um but he had like kind of a longer monologue about sort of summarizing the whole moral of the movie of everyone can wear the mask because he's buying a costume so he thinks he's just like a kid you know mm-hmm. trying to be spider-man but he actually is <laughs> but it's just like a, a sweet way to show the message of the whole movie early on kind of definitely in the story it's cute. It's a, definitely a good homage, especially as one of his last cameos. And that costume is what he ends up using, I yeah. guess. <laughs> or at least like well, for, a for, while. The, for a while. Yeah. yeah. Then we start getting into the conflicts of like the bad guys. Yeah. I mean, we should be getting close to the finale. Right. The bad guys are. Oh, but there's also a low point. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, we don't have to go into all that. I'm just saying the kingpin is after all the spider people mm-hmm. at this point and mainly miles though mm-hmm. and he's trying to get him with prowler mainly there's a lot of villains that show up that are probably important to the comic book spider people like they're scorpion S- scorpion mm-hmm. i don't okay you know who that is all i know is he's a villain but. okay 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 well and we have prowler who ends up being miles's origin story moment because he finds out while he's like trying to leave a letter for his uncle that Prowler is is his uncle, <gasps> Uncle Aaron. It's mm. a big twist. It's a big moment. It was. I was not. I was shook. No, I, I wasn't. Was I was suspicious of Uncle Aaron um, when we first met him because Jeff, who is uh, Miles' dad, didn't trust him, oh. and I was like, I I can't. I trust his dad. Yeah. Like this dad's a cop. This dad seems like really a Level. good dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like. His instinct has, is probably Yeah, I was like, there good. has to be a reason he's like, he thinks this guy is shady. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a little suspicious. I must but have then, missed that. But like, then I forgot about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, because he's uh, off on, uh, he's gone for a few days. Yes. <laughs> he's out of town. Everybody, we kept, because he, like the dad's trying to call yeah, him yeah, yeah. and Miles is trying to call him and he keeps going to voicemail. Yeah. So That's because he's working for Kingpin. Right. So I, I was shook. I was shook by the twist. I wasn't like, predicting it i just at the very beginning i was like a little suspicious i was like why is he untrustworthy to the death but it's like we forget about him because he isn't in the right you know movie for uh, a yeah, exactly. while and then we realize oh shit he's been in this all along yeah. <laughs> so then he actually he follows miles after that and then actually catches him and then miles takes off his costume mask and it's like i know you're my uncle don't kill me and so he he doesn't he like he has puts, a darth vader moment yeah which you wouldn't I wouldn't get, get it. No, it is a Darth Vader moment. Okay, well, he shows him mercy, but then Kingpin immediately shoots him for yeah. for showing mercy, and uh, he dies. So that's kind of a his Uncle Ben, or in in Gwen's world, it was Peter Parker that died. That was his moment of like someone dying because it's kind of half his fault, half not. You know, it's it's a very difficult situation, and which is what the like spider-man character has to always go through right when he gets bitten yeah and and it's really sweet that he has the support group (laughs) of spider people that all have their own version of this 
origin story. Yeah, it was definitely a big twist, and it was very crazy sad. So they all decide to keep going with the plan without Miles because he's, like, kind of... Well, I don't want to get into the weeds of oh, well, I just, everything. Well, yeah, his dad sees I know. him there. I, yeah, I, so. I was I was okay. overlooking that. They go on with the plan. Peter B. Parker's like, I'll be the one to stay because someone needs to put in the USB. And Miles is going to do it, but he's busy. Or he's, like, really sad now. And uh, he ties him up. And it's like, you're not going to help us. We're going to go, and I'm going to die. It's fine. And Miles is like, I can't fight back in the moment. But then the dad comes in and gives him a little speech outside this door and all that. And so the speech m- motivates yeah. him to just kind of tap into his power. Yeah, because the speech is basically like, you know, I I love you and and your uncle and it's all about it's all these emotions about just like you are good enough. Yeah, and them being okay, their relationship. You have a spark in you. Yeah, so it just he had been having troubles with the dad the whole time. So that motivates him. He taps into his powers completely. He can turn invisible and make electricity. He can make electricity on command. He's he's good to go. And, and he makes a suit. And it, it's really cool, like, personalized graffiti. It's, it's, like, a really cool montage moment of, like, overcoming. It's like Street Spidey. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn Spidey. Yeah. I mean, the other one wasn't new york too right man yeah but i think the actual distinction they're trying to make in the movie is that the other depictions are like a manhattan it type really of had the essence of brooklyn it really did it really did like i we visited there we stayed there so you know we i, I know now yeah. <laughs> after visiting last year and like you know what that distinction is between manhattan and brooklyn well yeah but it's just it was so cool how this movie captured Brooklyn, a very animated way, but like it captured that feeling and that essence, yeah, yeah, of like hustle and grind, yeah, and, and that cool factor that Brooklyn kind of has, you know, yeah. and and that how <laughs> the dimension made that kind of artwork looking thing, and people, I mean, it did look like what you would see there, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the public art kind of thing. So that was cool. So then we get our big climax. I don't, I'm not, the summary is not meant to like tell everyone you know, retell the story. Yeah. It's just like to go through. We're, we're walking through the steps. Well, no, I'm just saying we did the climax and he wins and yeah. the dad is there and that kind of gives him the motivation to keep going and keep fighting Kingpin and everyone yeah. gets back to their own dimension. Mm-hmm. Has really nice goodbyes. It's, it's all really sweet. Well, something that I actually was able to pull out some of my American studies knowledge, (laughs) because I think it's in the opening credits when they flash a a really quick screen of the logo of what's called the comic, I think it's called the Comics Code Authority. Do you know what that is? So I actually learned about that in my American studies intro survey class and the Comic Code Authority was and just like a it's kind of like the parental advisory mm. type of label that you see on hip-hop albums the comic code authority in order to um keep the uh, comic books uh industry from becoming regulated because there was a lot of fear in the 50s when comic books were becoming popular and about kids reading this material and possibly being uh, influenced and uh, negative ways regarding their behavior through these comic books in order to become not shut down or to not be regulated by government 
the comic book uh, industry decided to self-regulate by creating the Comic Code Authority. And it was like this stamp that they could put on all of the comic books that show that the material here has been verified and is not uh, and is you know suitable for children right it's basically to verify that this is children media and there's nothing risque or adult in it and it's just kind of like the parental advisory sticker it's sort of seen as just like this thing that well but it was in the movie or what or where yeah was it? well it was in the movie and it was like in the opening sequence and right bef- right after i think like the marvel showing marvel and everything mm-hmm. and we never have seen that in any other comic uh, or any other movie based off of a comic book. And it's a very kind of low, deep cut uh, mm. type of thing that only a comic book enthusiast would really know mm. um, ever existed and like what that is referencing. And it's just the p- fact that they like decided to put that in there. Well, is like was a nod it put to, there to actually stamp it or not? No, no okay. it was there as to like pay <laughs> homage reference. to show okay, that okay. like you're about to watch something that was made by comic book fans yeah, for yeah. comic book fans that's that's good yeah um it had a lot of references and mm-hmm. that was really fun to look for in the background we talked about a few we saw it was a lot of like alternate universe versions of things we have that was kind of the idea i think like having snapchat logo with peekaboo <laughs> as the brand and boo like ghost boo you know <laughs> And like the trust us bank, it was like a bank they flew by at some point. Is that like, so it's it's just like trying to say trust us like. With your money, like a bank. Oh, you know, I mean, that's all banks are always like, that's always our messaging. It's wow. like trust. So that's actually not what I was reading from it. What? What do you think? What I was reading from it was a little deeper, I think, because it's a moment where he's learning his spider moves, right? Mm-hmm. He's like learning how to fly and he's doing it by taking the leap of faith mm-hmm. that the other Spider-Men were telling him to take in order to get his moves and learn how to control them. And so I felt like it was trust us. Oh, like the other a Spider-Man saying like, no. you know, trust us bank. No, I think I was just trying to make a joke. And it's about- like, if you trust us, you can take this to the bank. Cause no, <laughs> no, it was just a joke about banks always wanting to like, they're, they're like, trust us. It's okay. Like trust us with your money. Like really, to hold your shady money. Or- right. It's just like, just trying to like really push that trustworthy oh. narrative or brand that banks that's funny. To two two different interpretations there. What do you think? I think tweet at <laughs> I us. Think it's mine. At I'm pretty Club. sure. <laughs> I'm but pretty I, sure I they saw had, uh, Planet Inglewood instead of Planet Planet Hollywood. Uh, which Inglewood is known as like kinda the hood of LA. LA. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You know, that's like, another deep cut. Yeah. It's where Tyra's from. I know that. She always talks about Inglewood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like this movie is like trying to nod so much to not mainstream. Yeah, which it's really so grateful good. For. Like, ugh, it's just so innovative. I'm, I'm still. Which is usually what you can count on animators to do. <laughs> yeah, you think, but then you have Disney as a powerhouse, who's very like mm-hmm. standard, and they have rules, and you know what to expect, and it's good. It's always good, but it's like everyone tries to emulate it instead of trying to be their own thing. Now that's what I'm realizing after watching this. You know, it's like DreamWorks could be doing something crazy or whoever else. I mean, and I guess Sony did. Yeah. It's just like they're not maximizing their potential. No, they're not even trying to think outside the box. They're just yeah. like, oh, Disney works. Let's do what Disney does. You know, uh, I, I don't I'm now I'm more upset about that, you know? Yeah. And that's so interesting. I had never really thought of it that way, but 
that's very clearly true now. Yeah, because um, Disney has always led the pack in animation, and everyone's just following whatever they do. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, there's a reason like your movies aren't as successful as Disney. Maybe try something else. And Sony, Sony went ahead and did that, and it worked. I think it's it's gonna work. Well, it's interesting because Sony is not uh, like I don't know about DreamWorks. Well, which you know DreamWorks what, is based off of. You know what they made Sony <laughs> Sony Animation did. Well, I was just going to finish my point okay. that Sony is not an American company. Oh. So I don't know if what that... What does that have to do with anything? Well, if something like Disney, which is an American company. And I, again, I don't know about like Illumination and DreamWorks and all that, but Hollywood has its interpretation of what like, you know, an, a movie should be. Well, I guess, but I'm just saying Hollywood needs to fucking innovate. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, like it's up to the non-Americans, like leave it to the non-Americans to push the envelope. Yeah, I mean, but it, it was still like Americans that made it, made the movie. I guess. I mean, based on the, maybe they were Canadian, I don't know, but no. Yeah, but still <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the executives that make the call. And so yeah. it's like clearly the executives in the room I t- hope decided I, to take a risk with the... They definitely did, but... It, it, unusualness of this one. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think you're country of origin should be an excuse to make safe animations forever yeah. and ever or i'm not try saying to be, try to be Disney. it should be an excuse i'm just saying america has that tendency yeah. to play safe for sure because they want to make a guaranteed Money. dollar yeah but it's like the newer thing gets more hype you know uh, i don't know well sometimes I, it's sometimes. one of those things where i think that 2018 sort of like hopefully is like the beginning yeah. of the bigger companies understanding that now yeah but we were kind of in the last 10 years sort of in like a you know ip reboot right phase for everything for sure it's annoying i'm excited hopefully it, it definitely paves the way for better uh, more innovation mm-hmm. in animation okay so i one of the quotes i thought was interesting because we were talking about it earlier is this saying this movie firmly exists in a post deadpool environment I was asking you if Deadpool was a Spider-Man Be- because he looks like a Spider-Man. He looks like a Spider-Man. Yeah. Like he, his costume's like the same, mm-hmm. right? Except I mean, black it's, it's similar. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a cross uh, between Spider-Man and Daredevil, I would say. Oh. It's closer to Daredevil, really. It. He just looks. His costume looks like Spider-Man to mm-hmm. me. Uh, I was just asking you if it was a Spider-Man, but you're saying it's not. But he looks like one, so he could be one of these multiple universe Spider-Mans. Who Deadpool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think you're making up your own universe okay there. fine <laughs> i never saw Deadpool, so i don't know <laughs> but like so just dissecting that quote uh this is a movie like that's a product from the post Deadpool yeah. environment because of the i think the comedy and the self-awareness yeah and just like not yeah like making fun of the tropes yes of superheroes and definitely so i, I thought that was interesting. and like deadpool yeah definitely ushered in that yeah so I thought that was a cool quote. There was a lot of quotes, though, about mm-hmm. how good this movie is. So That's cool. <laughs> There's also, like, obviously talks of spinoffs and or sequels, I which could, I would hope. I would hope so. So bad. Yeah. I mean, Just I for could, those visuals. I want more visuals. <laughs> you know, they're so beautiful. I mean, I could definitely. Well, that's so cool about something like this is they could easily make spinoffs of all those Spider-Man yes. that they introduced and definitely hope that a Spider-Woman gets a spinoff. Well, I think that's the main one they're talking about. It's yeah. called Spider-Women. Yeah. And oh. it's about several female Spider-Women. Hell yeah. And Gwen would be one of them. But there's a couple others that they mentioned. And they already have kind of. I, I I don't know if ideas are people set to direct and write and Emma it's a Watson. female no 
I, I would be Hayley Steinfeld she mm. did uh, Gwen they already have people I think a, a director Catherine something was her name I think and maybe some writers but I, I that would be so exciting to see with great. those visuals and like a woman lead uh, that would be so cool I'm excited I'm excited I hope there's more of this because yeah. I would love to see I would just go for the visuals I well, don't so care I, what the story is I think this might be a good moment to bring up something that might be a controversial point i'm not really sure how much validity i have in saying it and it's in regards to the sort of the nationality and or like skin tone of the of miles Mm -hmm. in this i mean it's a big it was a big deal because it was sort of the next superhero lead after black panther that was of he was the uh, Miles was Afro Latino, which it's like a severely underrepresented population mm-hmm. within even my, our minority groups because Latinos are known like in representation as people, you know, lighter skin or you know a certain like Sofia Vergara and Salma Hayek, mm-hmm. like this this kind mm-hmm. of look, mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas, <laughs> mm-hmm. that kind of look. That's what Latinos are known as, and then you have African Americans who you know, but. Afro-Latino people, you know, identify as both, but they don't see themselves represented in almost anything. So it, it was, it's, it's a big deal that he has this like very specific background that is very underrepresented, like even Black Panther, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I, it's a first after Black Panther to have a, le- a lead that's a person of color. And that's really cool. And he's, he's a, a Spider-Man created in, 2011 like a comic book miles morales is um i didn't know that yeah so they're all real or they're all like these are comic books that have been made these are all characters from different iterations of spider-man okay uh, he didn't he wasn't just made up in 2018 in order to show that diversity i, I don't know it was just cool and and it was cool to see his dynamic his family dynamic it's definitely something i relate to as a Mexican person. Okay. It was cool. Well, then fair enough. And and I'm glad that you could sort of enlighten me a little bit more on that because I um, was not aware that he was um, considered Afro-Latino yeah. in uh, this piece, which, okay, then it makes sense. You see um, you see it with the mom speaking mm. some Spanish. And there's a lot of people like that in Brooklyn too. Like they're trying to represent Brooklyn. Very much so. Um, Very much so. As well. That's what they were saying in the... Yeah. past interviews and stuff and it was really cool to see them the lady that played the mom talk mm-hmm. about it yeah and it was spanish that didn't need subtitles it was more just like they're they're this multicultural family or bilingual family that you know she's just saying things like i love you and stuff it's nothing that needs that much explanation or you kind of get it in the, the tone, visual the visuals and the tone so it's like it's it's really nice to see that i mean i i also know spanish so i, I don't feel mm-hmm left out or anything but also like it's something that never gets represented so mm-hmm. it deserves it's fine <laughs> i yeah. was excited to see that i mean i knew something that a main character was non-white but that's all i knew <laughs> i got it yeah all i was getting at there was the possibility that if they were trying to um portray him as a, a black uh, spider-man that they ended up making the skin tone a more lighter uh which i know isn't is a topic and yeah but i don't kind of like early 2000s media yeah he's he's definitely based on a real spider-man from the comics okay yeah and he's also afro-latino right exactly and so all that makes sense 
Um, so fair enough. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, more power. Like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. Like, I, it's like the one thing I was like, can I knock it on that? No, like, no, not at all. Like, what can I knock this? I can't knock this film no. on anything. It's definitely A plus. <laughs> Girl, this is. I was. I said it today. I was like, it, it may be one of the best. It may be the best movie I've seen in like a number of years. Me too. And that's what my friend said. The first one I heard about, mm-hmm. um, really about it from, and he was like, "It was my favorite movie I saw this year." And I, but he's like a nerd, so I was like, "You're just a nerd, you know." That's like, <laughs> you don't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does, but like, he's a nerd. He's gonna like, you know, the nerdiest thing probably. I don't know. So I was like, <laughs> not sure yet. But after hearing it from a lot of people, seeing the Golden Globes, it all was like, okay, I'm intrigued. And then I, I agree now. It was definitely the best movie. And and it was at the end of 2018. It's the best movie I've seen in a long time. Yeah. You're right. Even animated shorts included everything. Well, this is crazy cool that we've been able to produce Heike Book Club right now to the point that one of the like the best movie we've seen since probably we've been doing Heike Book Club, we were able to do an episode on. Yeah, for sure. In, in the live moment. Yeah, I was excited. Because, uh, yeah, this is like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I animation when you learn about it you're like wow anything is possible mm-hmm. but then like everything looks the same especially in mainstream it's like wow this is what you can do why aren't you taking advantage people hollywood 128 gig of ram computer systems <laughs> just saying like it's amazing like right we have these technologies now yes. to push that now we just need the artistry like that originality yeah, it's, it's, a creativity I, it's definitely there it's just getting those people in those positions yeah exactly and uh, trained yeah getting them the education it's a lot but it it takes a lot of creativity and and they did it did, I, I had interrupted you at a point uh, did you have another point that you wanted to share no no i don't think so i think i've covered everything in my notes you said all you have to say yeah some of the cast, Shamik Moore was the voice of Mouse Morales, which I really liked. I really liked all the voice acting in this movie. I thought it was really well cast. Mm-hmm. Jake Johnson, when I saw him in the cast interview, I was like, oh, he's that guy that plays a nerd and things. Like, he was, in, he was in Jurassic World. He was like the guy that wore the retro Jurassic Park shirt, at, like at the computer. He was like the nerd of okay. Jurassic World. Got it. Yeah. I remember. The way that other guy was mm-hmm. in the first one. He was the voice of. Peter B. Parker, like the, I guess, fat Spider-Man. Yeah. He wasn't that fat, though. He just had a little bit of a gut. I mean, Fat Elvis wasn't that fat either, but he had a gut. Who's Fat Elvis? Why do you keep talking about him? I mean, it's, it's okay. I understand. What? Elvis had a fat phase. Oh, oh, you mean actual Elvis? Yeah. I thought this was like some no impersonator. You just refer to Fat Elvis as the Fat Elvis phase. Damn, that's rude. <laughs> but it's like that's girl. That's like pop culture one hundred and one. <laughs> no. At least American pop culture. Elvis had a fat phase. And I know, but like, it's, like no it's one like, refers in that way. That's no, they bullying. do. No, they do. It's a because there are imperson. There's like eras of impersonations yeah, yeah. for Elvis, and there's the fat Elvis impersonation phase. <laughs> <laughs> that I is, thought that was just like a novelty, like a fat Elvis, like impersonating. No, Elvis mm-hmm. had he. It was his, I think, dark Vegas days. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's, he's he was old. That's probably it's fine or whatever. But he wasn't that old. Saying, he died young. I'm saying Jake Johnson was the voice of slightly chubby Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and Mar- 
I I can never remember Maharashi Ali. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think that's it. But I don't think so either. But <laughs> Maharshala Ali. Maharshala. Yeah. He is on a lot of stuff. Like I I recognize his face. He was in Moonlight. Oh. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. I recognize his face. I can't when, remember like, if he got an ads. award for that or not, but. He was definitely nominated. I think if he if he didn't win. Yeah, I just recognize him from like all these ads and trailers for other things I don't watch. But like he has a very recognizable face. Yeah, uh, he was the uncle, ah. the prowler, the twist. Right. So these are the main voices that are that were Recon- notable. At least recognizable yeah. cast members. Mm-hmm. I mean, even on that though, that goes to show also how kind of well, like I don't even know the actor that played Miles. Yeah, he's an actor. He looked a little younger, not young, young. He he looked older than I expected for Miles, but um, it said he was an actor and rapper and mm. other things on his Wikipedia. Um, kind of the point I'm making with that again, going it kind of against the Hollywood norm, especially for a movie with like this kind of budget is and, and popularity. Like you would normally have a very star-studded cast. Yeah, yeah, it has like no known names, but I think it's it was also like a risk. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, the A-list, even though it had some big names. Yeah. A couple of big names. Um, it had Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane, which is super random. And then we can also talk about the post-credit scene that we didn't see in theaters because we forgot that Marvel, Marvel always does post-credit scenes. So make sure you go, you stay for that or look it up if you didn't see it. Uh, but it's so funny. It was hilarious. They, And apparently the voice of that, spider-man was oscar isaac from star wars really yeah whoa Uh (laughs) uh-huh weird so he's in the post credits it's like he was just hanging out in the studio yeah they brought him in (laughs) they're like oh quick we need we don't have any other (laughs) yeah but it's so funny they recreate the meme the you meme oh i love that meme it's just so like i don't know some of these old cartoons like the pikachu meme and the you spider-man meme are so funny just in their like low resness. Yes. I don't know. They're so good. So that was really funny. But yeah, I think that's all I had. I'm really excited. I really want to see it again. Me too. I'm excited too. Um, we need to fit it in your busy schedule. <laughs> we can try to go see the 3D version. Hopefully it'll be in theaters for a little while longer. Yeah. Um, it should be with the Oscars. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully it'll be around through spring break, but we'll see. It's kind of far <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is a fantastic film, um, pretty amazing, and it's just a real treat to be able to you know come here and talk about movies and TV shows with you. And I know that a lot of what we have been covering has been more uh, older media, um, and so we or don't. Or the Bachelor. Or the. <laughs> so we don't always get to bring the the freshest yeah uh, take to the freshest um, stuff that's being made right now, but. Uh, this was a really take and good opportunity to see something that's very new. And it definitely exceeded the hype and the hype was big. I agree. And and honestly, like, I think there needs to be a little more hype. Yeah. Like, I, well, that's what that, that's, yeah, it exceeds the hype. So it needs more hype. Yeah, like I want to <laughs> try to talk about it more when, yeah. uh, in the department this week, because, um, I feel like I haven't heard people talking about it enough. So I guess with that, yeah, A plus, A plus, A plus. <laughs> Um, definitely like whatever is after a, yeah. <laughs> can we give him a bonus? Like one Oh five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can give it the high key award for best movie of 2018. Okay. <laughs> 
Got my vote. <laughs> what do you think? I hope that you can tweet us. Uh, let was, us know. What was your best movie of 2018? <laughs> even though we're in February. <laughs> right. You we're, can find us at High Key Book Club on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yes. And you're also welcome to shoot us an email. Yeah, at highkeybookclub at gmail.com. And we love hearing from anyone. It's the fans that keep us alive and coming back. Yes. It's been a pleasure. And uh, another episode in the bag week off the calendar and i guess until next week who knows what we'll be talking about then but you'll be hearing from us cue the music oh my god